0: To bass Pro Shops and this is a podcast that I've been dying to do for a long time.
1: My son Philip everybody, Philip Freeman What's up, Jr. Guys? What's up guys? Philip, how are you? Doing good, man. I was I got to witness this podcast last year the setup that Bass Pro Shops does and I couldn't wait to see if we're doing it again this year and I I love it. I feel like I'm at home.
0: Yeah, in a boat
1: like that? In a little bass
0: boat. We should thank Kathy who is out there who works so hard for all of this and Kathy, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So we can talk about a lot of stuff, but we don't want to get thrown out of bass pro shop. So Um, let's focus in on surf fishing and are you gonna focus in on Corbina
1: fishing? We can do Corbina, we can talk about it all, but I mean let's let's specifically start out with Corbina. Okay. And first of all, can I
0: ask you a question? What is it about surf fishing that you like?
1: The affordability of it, I mean it's something that's not going to break the bank, all you got to do is drive to the beach and like you said earlier, you're your own captain, you make your own decisions on where you fish and how you're going to fish it. So that's one of the top aspects, bait is already there, you just got to find where the sand crabs are, the mussels, whatever you're going to use to target these fish, it's already at the beach, so you don't have to go buy bait. Uh, Basically the only thing you got to pay for is gas, uh, line, sinkers, uh, hooks, and your rod, and you're fishing.
0: Yeah, uh, you're so right about that. I mean, you could dig up sandworms, sand crabs. You can get mussels off the rocks. You can, I mean, you can be self-sufficient, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And then back to you being a captain, all you gotta really know are a couple little tricks on how to read that surf on where you wanna fish. And what you're looking for mainly when you get to your beach is, is there a food supply there for those corbina to be eating? An example would be sand crabs. Sand crabs is like your number one ticket when it comes to targeting corbina. And what you're looking for is when that swell goes out, you're looking for their little antennas coming up because they're filtering all that water going past them, and that gives them away, and you'll know they're there. And another good sign that the corvina are actively feeding on them is you'll find their shells, just like the, the top parts of their heads, just the shells kind of floating and drifting up with the, with the tide. And you'll know that the corvina are there actively feeding.
0: And, you know, uh, John Dippley, who was an old captain, uh, I have mentioned, uh, you, you didn't know him, but he would always say, find the bait, and you'll find the fish. And that's so true. And another thing that points out bait is our birds. Right. Right.
1: right. When you're looking for sand crabs, you're going to find those ones with the, I don't even know what they're called, but they got the long bills on them and they're running up and down with the tide. Those are sandpipers. Sandpipers. Yeah. They're running up and down with the tide, picking away at the sand and trying to find either clams, uh, sand crabs, sand worms, stuff like that. So they're a really good sign for them to be there. Um, How do you
0: say sand crab in Espanol?
1: Sand crab and I don't know Espen. how to say it either. How do you say,
0: I, de Arena. Yeah, that's
1: what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, finding that bait. And then Corvina, for everybody out there, man, you get to see them before you catch them, right? Yes. There's sight fishing involved.
1: Yes, so that's what's really, really cool about this is that you're not... A lot of people, when they're going, going land-based fishing, they're trying to make the longest cast they can off the beach to get their bait way out there. Corvina, it's the exact opposite. They're literally, if you're standing and the water is coming up and it's about shin high and it's slapping you as the tide comes up, they'll run right into your legs. They're coming all the way up onto the beach. You can see their backs come out of the water in that real shallow water, and it's a real light cast. And, and so this is where you're gonna kind of look for your sandbars and your trough. So when when you're trying to identify a sandbar in the surf, you're looking for where the waves are crashing out farther, they're, they're breaking and then when they come back in they kind of build back up and form another wave and crash onto the beach where they're building back up and and forming another wave that's your trough area and those are what are called fish highways those corvina surf perch uh, bat rays your halibut they're going to be in that trough going up and down the beach looking for prey so that's a really really good thing to key in on on corvina now when you make your cast like i said you're not making that big bomb cast really really close to shore Sometimes it's a 20 foot cast, 15 foot cast. It's real tight. The presentation that I like to use to target these Corvina, nine times out of 10 is gonna be a Carolina rig. Carolina rig is basically a sinker on your mainline down to a swivel, and then you have your leader. With Corvina, I like to fish really, really light leader. It goes against everything this man stands for. <laughs> 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 I like to fish four pound floral caravan, and it, it's, it makes the fight funner, man, and it's, you versus that fish, and uh, fluorocarbon. Uh, yes, yeah, always fluorocarbon. It's they're really, really line shy. Opposite of halibut. Halibut really don't care. But when you're targeting corvina, light, light line, you get more bites, and it makes the fight that much more fun.
0: Part of the reason why these guys like corvina fishing so much is they went to Bishop Montgomery High School in Torrance, and it's about two miles from the beach. So I'd get them up at five thirty in the morning. and Go, hey guys. Let's freaking go catch some Corvina before I drop you off at school." And it was a battle getting them away from the Corvina to go to school, but we do that so many mornings down there in Redondo, right?
1: Oh yeah, it, it was always fun, and if we didn't catch a Corvina, because we call it Corvina and eggs, we'd have Corvina and eggs for breakfast. We didn't catch that, we were at Captain Kids having fried squid for breakfast.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love the way you talk about the fish highway. Yeah. That paints such a great picture because those fish are not randomly swimming around, right? They're in those highways.
1: Exactly, because it's a lot more dangerous for them to get up on that sandbar. They're gonna get sighted by maybe a a bird of prey, something like that, so they stay in those troughs and travel, and it makes it a lot easier for them. And that's naturally where your bait's gonna kinda congregate. It doesn't get pushed up onto these uh, big sand flats. It gets pushed into these troughs and, and swolled around, so they'll sit there and wait sometimes and just wait for the bait to come to them. But the big part about surf fishing is not staying in one spot. You've got to cover ground. You're walking up and down the beach, trying to find and pinpoint where these fish are sitting.
0: Catching fish, getting exercise, right? And some vitamin D with the sun. Yep. So um, how much of this is sight fishing? Is that important? I mean, do you just walk down and you see that kind of environment, those fish highways, and make a caster, Or are you, co- I mean, you've done it. I've done it. You wade out into the water. And you have a big corbina
1: batting against your
0: leg every once in a while,
1: right? Yes, yeah. And a lot of it is sight fishing. I'll go when it's really slow and the corbina haven't really moved in yet. I'll walk up and down the beach where I don't even make a cast. I'm looking for that one fish that's coming up feeding. And a lot of times, if you're not seeing their backs, as the water's starting to recede, you'll see a swirl. And it's it's really kind of, it takes time to kind of get the experience to identify that swirl, uh, as opposed to just a wave breaking on the beach or a swirl from a wave going out. But you'll see these swirls and you'll know that they're kicking their tail trying to go right back out before it gets too tight up, up in that shallow. So these, these fish are literally surfing the waves all the way up the beach and then going right back down with that wave.
0: So you see a Corvina, tell me if I have this right or not, you put your track shoes on and you get up there about 20 feet and then you lay that bait in the path of that
1: Corvina and hopefully you get a bite. Is that about right? Absolutely right. And I like to give them space, man. Like if they're coming all the way up and feeding, my feet aren't getting wet. I'm staying up on the dry sand and I'm casting to them. Um, If I see a fish come up down the beach, I will put put my track shoes on and and run to that fish and get them. I mean, we used to go down there with the Hawaiian sling. Oh my god, I remember that. And these, this is what, I literally got my 40 time in football from chasing Corvina on the beach. Just a wind sprint down the beach as fast as I could, trying to get to that fishing time.
0: This guy, I'll never forget it, this is the honest to God truth. He took a, a, a spear, what was it, a Hawaiian it a sling? a Hawaiian sling. And it was like Christmas, so yeah. you're not supposed to see any Corvina. And he got it for Christmas, he freaking threw it like 40 yards, and I'm like, yeah, right he walks out and he's got this giant Corvina. It's the biggest on it.
1: Corvina I've ever got. I had a rope tied to my waist and I would throw this spear like I was reenacting 300. <laughs> and it, this thing would go through the air and I hit, it was all slow motion. It, I couldn't believe I watched the wobble of the spear as it went through the air and it just hit it right in the side and the fish froze. And I go, Oh, I got one. And he goes, Shut up. <laughs> I go and I pulled this fish out and it bent in the rod and it looked at me goes, What the hell?
0: <laughs> that was awesome. So, Corvina, that's one thing. How about Grunion runs? Uh, we're, we're, I think tonight's the last night of this present Grunion Run. We're going into this Grunion uh, situation now where uh, every couple of weeks you have a Grunion Run. Is that a good time to fish
1: at As- night? Absolutely. I mean, it, all that bait's getting pushed in. Now, when I'm fishing Grunion Runs, I'm leaving the bait rods at home and I'm coming out with a crocodile, a lucky craft, some sort of lure to replicate that bait. Um, targeting Corvina per se, not so much. I'm not a big lure guy. I think the sand crabs is the way to go mussels, ghost shrimp. When I'm targeting everything else, halibut, yellowfin croaker, spotfin. Spotfin croaker's another bait fish, but I've caught them on lure as well. I'm throwing the lures. It's a lot, I can cover a lot more ground faster, and I think the bite's a lot better. In my opinion, it's a lot more fun to be winding into a fish than sitting there waiting.
0: Well, what about, I mean, you got an ample supply of live bait when it's open season, as it is in March? Yeah. I mean, you can bend over, pick up a grunion, and fly line it out, right?
1: Absolutely, or, and you're talking about doing it at night. Yes. So nighttime fishing, different game scenario, that's when we're catching the giant yellowfin croakers, you're fly lining a bait out, not fly, we usually do the dropper loop setup with a little pyramid sinker and you throw it out there and you'll catch the biggest yellowfin croaker of your life. It's, it's something that, I don't know, it reminds me of dropper loop fishing for yellows. It's the same thing because you're just sitting there and then the next thing you know your rod's going, poof, straight down and you got a fish on.
0: So last, uh, no, a couple of years ago, St. Patrick's Day, I caught this yellowfin croaker. I, first of all, these guys never ever videotape me fishing. It's always me videotape. And I, I, I hang this fish and I go to him, hey, videotape this because this is a nice fish. I can tell it's not a ray, it's some freaking nice fish. So anyway, I catch this yellow pin croaker and we measure it and it's 22 inches long. So we look up really quick the largest yellow pin croaker ever taken in California was 21 and three quarter inches. So I'm like, they're gonna have a parade for me. This is so cool. I've got so for about an hour we're driving around and trying to weigh the thing and doing all this stuff. I finally went to this donut place where these Cambodian girls, you know, I go there a lot and I go, hey, do you guys want a nice fish for for dinner now? Oh yeah, thanks, man. So anyway, remember that thing? Yeah. I was caught on a green
1: green crocodile.
0: It was St. Patrick's Day, so I was fishing a green lure and uh, the luck of St. Patrick was with me that day. During the daytime, you talk about catching yellowfin croaker if you don't mind for a minute. Man, there's nothing better than a little chrome lure. You like uh, ProMars ah, he Deception. Ahi ProMars
1: Deception jigs, man. They're perfect. I was actually just talking to a gentleman about it. when When your fish aren't chasing down the crocodile or the lucky crap, because when you're doing that, it's a constant whine. These Deception jigs, man, when they're slowed down, you make a real big long cast out past the breakers and you work that it, you can f- crank it straight in, it'll get bit, but that's when the crocodile's working. I like to work it when it's slowed down and the fish aren't chasing your lures, and I'll give it real slow wine, and I'll pop it a couple times and let it float right back down to the bottom. Real slow wine, pop it a couple times, right back down to the water, bottom, and when they're not getting bit on their crocodiles, I'll be catching the fish on those. And.
0: You know, just to mention, all these fish are really good eating, aren't they? Oh, yeah.
1: I I feel like they get a bad rap for being too close to the shore.
0: Right. Everybody says, oh my God, you're going to die if you eat those things. They're
1: delicious. I mean, I kind of like the rap because it gives them less pressure for me to go down and have a blast and make some really good fish tacos.
0: Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of him every time I say, as long as you go to safe areas in Mexico, you're going to be okay for the most part. And he's like, don't tell everybody that. We don't want a bunch of people down there traveling. We don't want all
1: the gringos going down and ruining our time. Yeah.
0: So um, let's talk just a couple other species. Halibut,
1: um, halibut fishing in the surf. That's a real thing. You can catch some nice big fish in there. Got my first legal halibut from the surf on a gold crocodile. And right now it's a really good time. They're spawning. So they're all coming up real tight to the beach and spawning. Uh, The drop shot technique, I like to fish a nice round circle weight down to the bottom, My, I'll, I'll tie, a, I like to throw the white fluke, in like a three inch and I'll throw that as far as I can and I just drag it, just like a drop shot. If you're a freshwater bass fisherman and you drop shot fish for bass, it's the same technique. And so I'll, I'll the whole purpose of that big weight at the bottom is to kick up the sand, the silt, the mud, wherever you're fishing, and it draws the attention that halibut to look for because they're predatory. So they see that getting disturbed and then they see that little bait up up top and they smoke it. About this time two years ago, down at the jetty in Surfside, we had like 10 halibut in one in one small area. They're sitting right by the rocks. You is, and Patrick. Yeah. Just drop shotting all the way down. No legals, but it was still a blast.
0: Yeah, for sure. No question about it. That's a fun thing. And spot fin croaker do not like to bite lures, but man, they get big and they love to bite on a sand crab or a piece of mussel. Um, I know there's some Vietnamese fishermen. Those guys are really on it. There's a guy named Peter that I talk to all the time, and I go, what, what is with you guys, man? What are you doing? And they're digging in the surf and using the sandworms, which are endemic to the environment, so those fish are used to feeding on them, and it works really, really well.
1: Right, and if you don't want to do all that work for a sandworm, go buy some bloodworms. They work just as good. I mean, we, the, the, the whole reason I started throwing the, sand, or the bloodworm out there is because I saw them digging up sandworms. And we went down there and had three nice big spot fin in, in probably a half hour, 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, it was a remarkable bite, no question about it. Any other fish like barred perch? I mean, when we go to Mexico and fish, those things are so much fun, right? But they bite here and you know, on this side of the border they, also. They do
1: bite on this side. My buddy's up north fishing them out of uh, Santa Barbara, Carolina rig with a little grub, and it's just a real slow drag across the sand and they'll just pop it. Why so don't you
0: tell fun. everybody a little bit about our trip down to San Quintin? which is 140 miles below the border. You love that surf sort of fishing bite, don't yes. you? Yes.
1: Whenever we go down to Rosarita Beach and we bring our surf rods, I can. it's hard for me to get Patrick and my dad away from Rosarita. They love that little town. And I tell them every time we go down, we need to go to San Quintin. We need to go to San Quintin. That's where the fish are at. And lo and behold, one day I finally get these guys. We go down there and it was just lights out fishing, barred, big barred perch and the uh, elephant croaker and then the funniest part is Patrick, there's these little blue crabs that are in the sand and they look like they're just ready to stick you man and we're walking through the water barefoot and you just see their shadows with their their claws are up ready to go. Patrick walked up behind me with his lure in his hand and he took his rod tip and jammed me in the foot as I'm walking out and I jumped and go to run but I got his line caught around my ankle and I drove that ahi promar look buried it in his hand and we ended up shooting a promo for Aji Promo on how sharp those hooks actually Yeah, were. right.
0: Right. I was like, seriously, we got to go find a medic in Mexico now for you two. Ah, uh, we ripped it out. It was Yeah, fine. he ripped it out. That was lovely. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about surf fishing? I mean, it's affordable, it's easy, grinding and running now. I love surf fishing just about more than anything. Well,
1: and, and the cool thing is you do have a shot at some fish that you, you would normally go out on a sport boat to target. White sea bass are in the surf. Maybe not legal ones, but we once you, in a while. Once in a while, you get a legal one. There's also striped bass. Yeah, it's one fish I have not caught from the surf. My buddy just caught one about a month ago out of uh, El, off El Segundo. A nice striped bass. And I've always wanted to catch a, a, a saltwater striper and a freshwater, and then compare the meat, see which one tastes better.
0: Right, right. Um, you know, one other thing, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, that sounds lame," but I mean, where else can you go? And deal with a fish for about an hour in a really crazy battle. When you hook bat rays in the surf, they get to be over 200 pounds. And man, yeah, <laughs> Joe's laughing, you can be tied. I literally, I can remember going down there and go, I got a half hour, I can fish, and then I gotta get back to work. Go down there and I, and I go, oh man, I'm screwed here for an hour at least. And that you're on this fish and you literally I think you walk a mile following these things. It's pretty amazing, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And the, the other thing I heard about them that I haven't tried, and maybe you guys have heard this too, is if you take a cookie cutter and you cut the wings out, it's supposed to taste like scallops. Is that I don't true, know if Danny? That's a true thing. Joe,
0: Joe says it's true. I don't I've know. heard it, but I've never heard. Let's do it one of these days.
1: Oh, uh, let me know how it is.
0: Well, <laughs> 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 All right, Philip, anything else? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Bass Bros talk about your, your social media stuff and the YouTube channel you guys yeah, have. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, Patrick got married this year. I got married th- or last year, so we kind of took a step back from our Bass Bros. It's YouTube, podcasting, and it's mainly freshwater, but we do a lot of saltwater stuff as well. There's some cool surf fishing videos on there. We have some really good Amigo trip, yo-yo and yellows on 100-pound on a tuna rod. Stay here. I, want, I need a secretary to hand them out. Oh, okay. um, oh we're going to hand stuff out
0: maybe mm-hmm.
1: uh, how are we going to do that i don't know but we're, we're definitely going to start picking that back up this year where he kid. just got a nice house at canyon lake we took our little brother out there fishing two weeks ago and i got a five pounder and i'm like king of the trip baby i got the five pounder my little brother flipped into three three foot of water caught a nine pound bass just coming up ready to bed we pulled her out of the water tail's all bloody we're like oh it's about to go down here man and um, now,
0: for the moment that you've all waited for, I know you're not here to listen to me blah blah blah. We've got some free stuff to hand out, and how we're going to do it, I don't know, but I hope it is edged medium. toward kids. How do you want to do it? It's up to you. What size are the shirts? Uh, all right. Well, look. Why don't you start with the kid How many kids are out there? Do you have enough stuff to give every kid something? Medium. Medium Perfect. shirts.
1: One medium. One medium. One small. One small. All right, let's move this along instead well, of going through every shirt small and talking right here. about. There you go. Medium. What do you got here? XL. XL. Oh, he stole it from Michael LeBlanc. Hey, here you go. Yeah, guys. So if you guys get a chance, come check out Bass Bros. We're gonna start that back up. We're gonna start doing a, a bunch of crazy things. One of the cool things with Patrick living on the water there is we have uh, developed a new fishing style. And that is, we go out and we do whoever catches the biggest bass wins, whoever catches the most fish after that wins, and then the loser has to do what we call a catfish rodeo. Catfish rodeo is right off the back of his dock. You got to get in the water on a pool noodle and you got a little baby rod and you're sitting there fighting a catfish and you got to land it, unhook it, and release it in your lap in the water.
0: How do you like that Joe? That sounds pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah. I have to come out and videotape that myself. It's
1: a lot of fun. Phillip, always good to see you. Are you going to throw some more out there or what? You want to save them? I don't care. Is there anybody else out there that...